St. Louis won. With all her debt. I already smiled for the damn thumbnail. All right, we're rocking, we're rolling, we're doing this. We, we are doing this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with uh, Tony Visick. I am the aforementioned Tony Visick. We are adjusting the equipment to give you the best possible entertainment experience. Uh, we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Mountain Standard Time, we are in Arizona. We are in the town of Maricopa, which is the entertainment capital of Arizona, based on the fact that we've been able to see both Dwight Yoakam and Foghat walking distance from our house for free in the last 10 years. So uh, we are here. Uh, we come to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can, for just your pure listening pleasure for you audiophiles, uh, YouTube Comedy Schools, for those of you who enjoy watching conspiracy theories in between our show, uh, we're right there for you on YouTube. And, of course, right here on Facebook Live. Uh, the show comes to you on three platforms. It is based on three things, one to three things, depending. Depending on my mood. Depending on how the, which way the wind blows. Uh, it's based on your questions and comments as you place them on the aforementioned social media. So please don't fail to do so. Access questions. Tell us stuff. And we will stuff you back. Um, we will stuff you good. Um, we, uh, do that. Uh, oftentimes we have some, uh, bobble, knickknack, bobblehead, uh, autograph, memento, book, periodical, curiosity, uh, here around the uh, home office, which we snatch up, show to you, and then try to weave a story around. And we recommend one artist or one piece of music based off of our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. I got a really cool artist to talk to you about today. And we'll be doing that in the second half of our 30-minute program. How many of you uh, woke up today? How many of you woke up today and had that feeling you have the day after a hangover? So let me explain. So I believe it was by Saturday evening that we uh, realized that uh, Joe Biden was... Uh, and by the way, traditionally... For decades upon decades, the, uh, when the Associated Press calls the election, it's almost always correct. There may have been, uh, the only time that an election has been called and then found to be uh, incorrect was a Bush v. Gore. But in my entire lifetime, we've generally known within, usually by the end of the evening, but usually within a day or so, who the president is. Now, that's not the official count. That's not the official tally. That's not the board of electors getting together and voting. That is not the inauguration. But for years, uh, the Associated Press has prided itself on getting it right. They worked very hard to be able to do that. The election was called for one uh, Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris. And we were all very happy about that. Yesterday, Sunday, by the way, I joined a group of, uh, of uh, wonderful Democrats here in the town of Maricopa. And we went out to our spot uh, on uh, John Wayne Parkway. And Smith Anke Road, you know who John Wayne is. You don't know who Smith or Anke is. Um, by the way, all three of those. My wife does know who Smith Anke is. She's from here. But why are they? The Smiths, the Yankees, and John Wayne all once lived uh, within about a 10-square-mile uh, radius of uh, where I am speaking to you right now. So isn't that exciting? Um, we stood there where we stood for many Saturday mornings with our Biden-Harris, Mark Kelly signs, etc., 
And uh, a lot of us were concerned, a lot of us were concerned that we might get a lot of negative feedback from people on the road. But I, in two hours, I counted two, you know, fuck yous or thumbs down. Uh, everything else was extremely positive. It sounded like a giant party the entire day. Uh, I was far just doing something in the park, but I was talking with our city councilman here, Henry Wade, uh, who is an important part of uh, the city and an important part of the Democratic Party here. And he goes, well, Tony, we'll lose our visibility. And I went, eh, okay. So, um, so we went out there and we were visible and it was fun. So we all know that we're still waiting for a few votes, that even though the Associated Press is called Arizona for Joe Biden, uh, other news organizations haven't, and it's looking like Georgia will go for Joe Biden. It'll be in recount territory. Pennsylvania will go for Joe Biden, may not be in recount territory. But you got up today, turned on the television, and saw that Donald Trump had fired the Secretary of Defense, is planning huge rallies, and Mitch McConnell, who's once again, any of you living in Kentucky, you just, gee, uh, <laughs> we did our part. Why didn't you guys in Kentucky do yours? Uh, going droning on, we'll go by our process. I say there's a process in America, and if you know how to work the process properly, then uh, even when you lose, you win. And of course, I will work very hard to keep America on track to be... Uh, beneficial to a select few while the rest are treated like drones and goats <laughs> so uh that was a lousy lousy um mitch mcconnell thing but you went wow this isn't going to be over but let me tell you something okay it's never over it's never over that doesn't mean it's always horrible that doesn't mean it's always bad that doesn't mean it's always painful but it's never over um someone observed one time um when i was promoting a lot of shows here in Arizona, a lot of live shows. I had live shows going uh, every Friday at the Tepe Center of the Arts, along with an additional show twice a month. Uh, I had several restaurants and clubs I was promoting. And what they noticed was we would work our butts off with a lot of uh, 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 nose to the grindstone, shoulder to the wind, a lot of anxiety, not a lot of smiles to fill up a room and put on the best show possible. And as soon as the show ended, we started talking about the next show and what we had to do. And I remember someone going, it always goes like, it just keeps going like this. And I go, it keeps going like this. That's the job. You know, the only break you take, maybe you take a break for five minutes on Saturday night going, good job, man. We filled up the room. We did a good job. Who wants to go get a hamburger? And while you're eating hamburgers, everybody's quiet for a minute and go, all right. Here's what we got to do to feel, and you just kick it back in. Kick it back in, shoulder to shoulder. That's right, Joe Gannon. Uh, Champ de Blasio said, I said Biden would win in a landslide. What the hell has he got to have to do to convince Trump that he beat the hell out of him? Um, Trump knows he was beaten. Trump knows that more than the majority of Americans voted for Hillary Clinton in the last election. Trump knows the majority of Americans voted for Joe Biden in this election. He knows that. He knows there hasn't been, there was, it couldn't possibly be enough on the ground shenanigans to uh, uh, shift the uh, election. There's too many variables that just don't make any sense. He knows it, but that's the game that he plays. He tells the big lie, and he tells the big lie with more force and authority than the people that tell the big truth. 
People who tell the truth just think the truth will set you free. They don't realize that the lie can cloud it all. And the man is the master of lies. He is the master of lies. Anyway, if you woke up today going, oh my God, it's still going on. And then you started having a thought, and you heard that Pfizer's come out with a uh, vaccine. They're saying it's 90% effective, but it'll take six months to a year before that kicks in. And of course, you got every goofball in America going, uh uh-uh. You know, um, you know, um, it's going to take a while. And while that's going on, the death count's going to rise. Okay. And the way we're going to do business is still going to be truncated. Okay. And we're going to have to find a way to keep going. So we um, are celebrating right now a great victory in the uh, majority of Americans voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. We're celebrating that great victory. But let's celebrate and then let's get back to work. There is much work to be done. People ask me what you can do. I go, well, right now there is a runoff for two Georgia seats. If both of them go to the Democrat, I highly doubt that they will. But if both of them go to the Democrat, then the Democrats would have the majority in the Senate. Maybe you want to send five bucks to one of the candidates there. I don't know. Maybe you think that the Republicans should uh, win. You think the QAnon lady should win. Maybe send five bucks to her. There's always a something to do. Um, let's see what, uh, let's see, uh, uh, oh, Josh Judd said, Josh Judd, who is my co-chair in the Copa City Dems out here, a great guy, uh, Marine Corps, uh, military veteran, uh, school teacher, uh, just, uh, somebody who I, um, highly respect, um, he, uh, has put up, he is unwisely playing the Samson card right now, yeah, you know, I said that to Shirley earlier, I go, this guy, I go, all right, if I'm not here, I'm gonna burn his mother down. He's pulling the house down in on himself. That's what he's saying. And then he says he's destroying his son's chances. Yeah, I don't think Donald Trump cares about anybody's chances but his own. And by the way, it's not because I'm a Democrat. That's what I thought about the guy. He, the United States Football League in the 80s. That's how I first heard of the guy. I was like, who's this guy? Why does he think, you know, and I know the people to watch me uh, on a regular basis. Maybe you're tired of hearing it, but that's when I first Became aware of him was in the 80s. There was a football league called the United States Football League, springtime football, getting up to 20 or 30,000 people in the LA Coliseum. Good players, good owners. Uh, started having some trouble. The New Jersey Generals was so sold to a young guy, a young pretty boy named Donald Trump. Donald Trump led the charge to move the USFL to a, a fall uh, league that goes head to head with the NFL, thinking that they would merge like the AFL did in the 60s. And it crashed and burned. It was his fault. And I remember, because I used to go to United States Football League games. There'd be 20,000 people in a 100,000-seat coliseum where just that fall we'd seen the Raiders where it was packed. And we go, all right, they got a ways to go, but they're on the right track. They're not like the World Football League. You have to know the history of football leagues in America to be even interested in what I'm talking about right now. Um, But they're on the right track. But lo and behold, we thought we're going to have year-round football when stuff like that mattered to me, when I thought that would be cool. Lo and behold, along comes one Donald James Trump, Donald John, whatever his name is, Donald John, and he pushes that whole league to go into the fall. That's right, the New Jersey Generals. You bought the New Jersey Generals. I've got, and we're going to dig through, Cheryl and I will, uh, this week, I've got a box of hats in the garage from those years, and I actually have an LA Express hat. Uh, I got some other things there, too, and we're going we're to start changing up hats. Someone made a comment that one of their favorite things about this show was, how I always seem to be wearing a different hat. Someone actually told me that. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you like my show? Great hats. 
Great hands. Anyway, if you woke up going, ugh, this is never going to end. No, it doesn't. You got to be prepared to go to work every day. Go to work every day. Take a vacation. Get back to work twice as hard because there's a lot to get done while you're on vacation. All right. Uh, Memphis Showboats, USFL proud. Joe Gannon knows. He knows his United States Football League. That's right. Some uh, good players came out of that, too, went on to the NFL. Uh, hey, a couple things uh, before we move on to uh, the next portions of our program. Um, why isn't Bob Rocky here? How come Bob Rocky doesn't show up anymore? Oh, he got a job. He joined, uh, he joined the adults of the nation. Um, uh, let's see. Tony's hats are like a box of chocolates. That's what Don Shell said. Joe Gannon said, Steve Young started the LA Express. Yes, he did, sir. Steve Young started with the LA Express. I saw that young man play out at the LA Coliseum in the early 80s. There were a few others, too. I'd have to look it up now. It's been a while. If any of you want to check it out. But it was a good league with good players. It wasn't... Um, there was a World Football League in the early 70s, and those players weren't very good. There were the replacements during the, uh, uh, the strike, which I believe took place in the uh, 80s in the USFL. I mean, in the NFL. So, uh, Champ de Blasio said, didn't Herschel Walker play? Yes, Herschel Walker played for the New Jersey Generals. You're absolutely right, Champ. Now, didn't he just come out, Champ, being a real pro Donald Trump in the media in the last few days, Herschel Walker? Am I wrong about that? You begin to see the connections. That's right. Don Shell said, listen, this is, this is the kind of audience we have. People know this stuff. Herschel Walker began in the USFL. That's right. Good players. Herschel Walker. Steve Young. Who else, you guys? Who else? There were a few other ones. Didn't um, Doug Flutie, I believe, start it, played in the USFL. Is that correct? Is that correct, Doug Flutie? Um, good, good players. Good football. You weren't out there going, it wasn't like watching the worst team in the NFL during uh, spring training. Uh, I mean, during, you know, during, uh, not spring training, that's baseball. You know, during preseason, during preseason. It wasn't like that, you know. Um, Herschel's son came out in support. Is that what you're saying, Joe? Herschel Walker's son came out in support of Donald Trump. Um, are they from Herschel, Pennsylvania? <laughs> um, anyway, that's how bad, far back I know Donald J. Trump. Uh, Bobby Hebert played for the Michigan Panthers. Very good. This is cool. So for those of you who wonder why some of us who... Uh, Take a guy who looks like me, sounds like me, acts like me. Why I don't support Donald Trump. Well, first off, I have a, a soul. Um, that's a Flutie did start with the Canadian uh, uh, Canadian uh, League. I don't know if he played in the USFL or not. I know he did play in the Canadian League for a while. Um, we've been following this guy since the 80s. And we've just seen him screw up time and time again. And everybody else around him gets caught on fire and he walks through like he can't get burnt if you followed his career. Uh, you see what happened today? Uh, Mike Esper. Not Mike Espy. Mike Esper. Uh, he just fired him as Secretary of Defense. There's no reason to fire a guy for Secretary. This is like, you know, this is the guy, you know, after the war. And he's blaming his general. You know, they're in the bunker and he's shooting some guy, generals, and taking some sergeants and making them generals. It's pure insanity. The only thing that should be... Going on right now is a smooth and effective transition from one administration to the next for the better for the uh, the betterment and for what's best for the United States. 
That's all that should be going on. Hey, a couple things to tell you about before we move on, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to move on from right now. Um, oh, by the way, Joe Gannon says both Herschel and his son supported Trump. Um, well, you know, Trump weighs a lot. It takes two guys to carry him. Um, we got some great stuff coming up for you. Uh, Cheryl, will you do me a favor? Even though I booked the room, I'm blanking on who is uh, headlining uh, JP's Comedy Club this week. Will you just look at it on the... Um, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, with your phone. Um, just look, go in there and check it out. Uh, we got great shows this week at JP's Comedy Club. We want to thank Mary Upchurch, who just headlined the entire weekend, one of our favorite comics. If you got a chance to see her, she's now one of your favorite comics, too. Um, also, uh, if you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, and who hasn't thought about doing stand-up comedy, ladies and gentlemen, we have live in-person workshops now and Zoom workshops for you. Uh, on Zoom or in the room, you can learn stand-up comedy. Uh, all you have to do is go to ComedySchools.com to check it out. Uh, ComedySchools.com or go to JPScomedyClub.com and can tell you about who's playing there, what we do, why we do it. Uh, November 16th, November 16th, live in person, JP's Comedy Club, free intro to stand-up comedy workshop, no hard sell, no push. I'm selling it now harder than I'll sell it to you then. Then I just lay out the program for you. No hard sell, no hard push. We lay out our incredible five-week program. <coughs> Excuse me. If you like what you hear and like what you see, we get you signed up. If not, at least we made a friend and you get to check out a very cool club. November 17th at 6 p.m. At 6 p.m. we are uh, then going to be on Zoom. And all you have to do is go to ComedySchools.com or go to my Facebook page. Hold on one second. What's that? November 12th is James Hoyt. Oh, James Hoyt. That's right. James Hoyt. My good friend, James Hoyt. I've done a few projects with him. He's a great guy. He comes from the theater, like I do. Uh, really arresting presence on stage and darn tootin' funny. He's at JP's Comedy Club this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Tickets are only $15. Uh, you can go down and you'll get your ticket from JP himself. Uh, JP, the man who salts his pizza. Who else knows what else he salts? When you buy a ticket uh, at the door at JP's Comedy Club... Well, you buy it, just let me go, are you the one? Are you the one that salts his pizza? And um, you know, he might charge you double. Uh, <laughs> we had to make it some sort of deal where the fifth person to buy a ticket at JP's on any given show to goes, are you the one who salts your pizza, gets a free ticket or a pass to a future show. I'm going to talk to Jim about that. Great shows, great workshops. Find out about all of them by going to jpscomedyclub.com or comedy schools. Dot com. A lot of fun. And I got shows coming up for you guys. Um, we're finally doing something once again with the Tempe Center for the Arts. Now, any of you who know anything about us and our program and who we are in the uh, greater Arizona area, we are flagship for uh, many years has been uh, the beautiful, well-appointed uh, Tempe Center for the Arts where we taught workshops and shows for going on we're a little shy of 10 years, but doing it for quite some time there. Um, it has been closed down, of course. Uh, it is a city building, and they are uh, very responsible and great people. I know a lot of people in the city council there. Great people, very responsible. They've kept it shut down to the general public uh, for the safety of everyone. Uh, we are going to tape a show there that's going to air on the Tempe Center for the Arts in-house subscription channel. November 25th. So if you're interested in seeing Bob Kubota, Mary Upchurch, Keith Ellis, 
Jim Perry and Tony Visick. Uh, we're going to tape it inside with a very limited small audience, but uh, high quality production values. Where we've been doing live shows for uh, eight to 10 years, uh, go over to Tempe Center of the Arts and become a subscriber over there, and you'll be able to witness the show the night before Thanksgiving. So uh, that's all the commercial. I don't really consider it a commercial. It's like what we do, and I just want to share it with you guys. I have no uh, knickknack today. I have no bobblehead. Now, I will point this out, that uh, Shirley was sent out in country, okay? Shirley did uh, put on the tactical gear, right? And she did saddle up, okay? She got provisions, and she went out into the wilderness uh, looking for bobbleheads to see if any needed to be rescued over the weekend here in the greater Maricopa area, and none were to be found. So let me say something to you, listener, watcher, viewer. If you are keeping a bobblehead against its will in a basement or a shelf or a garage, if you're letting it lay in a box gathering dust, if you're holding on to a bobblehead, open someday that it will be like the Beanie Babies of the 21st century make a great monetary game. Stop it. Stop it now. As you know, we are Bobblehead Rescue. All you got to do, we won't ask any questions. Won't ask where you got the bobblehead. Not ask what you did with the bobblehead. We won't say, show us on the bobblehead where you hurt the bobblehead. We won't do any of that. Just give up the bobblehead. Send it to us. Put it in our front door. Do it anonymously. No one's going to ask any questions. But if you've got a bobblehead you've been abusing, release your bobblehead. All right. Uh, Fred Scott says, you're lucky she didn't come back with another. Ha <laughs> ha. Fred Scott says, you're lucky she didn't come back with another dumpster kitten. <laughs> you know, I was pointing out, uh, she heard a sound coming out of a dumpster whenever she checked it out. As a general rule, let me say this, as a guide for a living, nothing good comes from checking out a sound from a dumpster. There's never been anything usually positive. Nine times out of ten of years, sound coming out, of a, coming out of a dumpster, and you stick your head in, boom, you go in the dumpster. So watch out for all that. Let's get to the music. Uh, who have I got here? The incomparable Bessie Smith. This is Bessie Smith. And this is a great record because it's got most of Bessie Smith's big hits on it. Bessie Smith, the empress of the blues. The Empress of the Blues. Now, very few of you know who Bessie Smith is. But Bessie Smith, when we talk about Janis Joplin, I happen to have my Janis Joplin album right here. Bessie Smith is Janis Joplin's mama. Bessie Smith is Janis Joplin's mama. No, not in the biological sense. Although, I don't know. I don't know. I've never, you know, 23 and me. Find out they're uh, distant aunts and uncles or something. I don't fuck. I don't know. Uh, Bessie Smith came out of uh, came out of that magical, mystical place deep down. She died in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Any of us uh, baby boomers, we know Clarksdale. Uh, we know that from blue songs uh, that were revived by Eric Clapton. She was the Empress of the Blues. She recorded for OK Records, O K E H, which was uh, at the time was considered the race record division. Uh, later on of Columbia Records, uh, music marketed uh, primarily to the African-American audience. Uh, she worked tent shows, vaudeville, theaters. She had her own 72-foot-long railroad car, 
and she went from town to town and city to city. And in one city, she worked inside a tent, and another one, she worked inside a theater. And she laid down what a woman saying, singing the blues sounded like. Uh, you hear her in Coco Taylor. You do. You hear her in uh, uh, so many other great blues whalers. Why is she the... Uh, why is Janis Joplin the descendant of uh, Bessie Smith? Bessie S Smith had that rough sound. She had that rough sound. That down low sound. That sound that came from the bar that wasn't sitting out on the street to pretty neon, but you walked down the alley and there was just kind of a wooden sign hanging over a door and you had to knock and know someone to get in that illegal bar, that quiet place where you, say you had to walk down a few steps and go around a corner where people eyeballed you make sure you're okay. But when you went in, you got to hear magic. Magic. She started recording as early as 1925. She uh, uh, made dozens upon dozens of records, uh, like many people of her era and many people, of course, of her race. She went from well-known and living high on the hog to working as a waitress in a restaurant because she'd been so ripped off for so many of uh, 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 so many of, of her records in her career, so many of her songs, so many other people. Uh, benefited. I'm just looking here to see exactly. She played Broadway. She uh, later on in life she sang swing music a little bit. Um, she died in a car wreck. She died in a car wreck in Clarksdale, Mississippi, September 26, 1937, at the age of 43. Now, if you like to know where it comes from, if you like to know where the sound. Not only was Bessie Smith a pioneer in blues music, she was a pioneer in recording. She was one of those people who, as I understand it, even though she sounded great live, on recording she sounded even better. A lot of people, a lot of people uh, give uh, Bing Crosby credit for figuring out how to use a microphone when recording music as opposed to singing live in a theater without a microphone. As Bing Crosby had figured out how to be able to modulate his tone into a microphone instead of projecting out to a large group of people. But you'd also have to give some credit to Bessie Smith, maybe a lot of credit, because she figured it out too. And what she was able to do, the way she was able to wrap her voice around that microphone, created a magic that made eventually blues, and in the form of blues rock, the preeminent form of music, in the United States and throughout the entire world throughout the uh, late 60s into the early 80s. Late 60s into early 80s. Sure, we had disco, we had this and that, but so much of the great rock music was blues rocks based. So she started out uh, recording in 1925. She died in 1937 at the age of 43. Uh, she played for kings and queens, paupers and tramps. She played in the highest highs and lowest lows all within that very short period of life. And if you like Janis Joplin... If you like some of the singers now, if you like, um, um, gosh darn it, why am I forgetting names? Who's that little girl? Not Britney Spears, but the one that was coming up with Britney Spears at the time. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera. If you like her, okay, Bessie Smith is where it comes from. Bessie Smith is what made it happen. We're going to record, we're going to uh, recommend um, here, um, we could go with our very first recording, but we're going to go with St. Louis Blues by Bessie Smith. You go with St. Louis Blues by Bessie Smith. Uh, so many of these songs are called blues. Sing Sing Prison Blues, uh, Love Me Daddy Blues, Dying Gambling Blues, 
Reckless Blues, Sobbing Hearted Blues, Cold Man Blues, Cakewalking Babe, oh, that's okay. Self Pedal Blues, Dixie, on and on and on. Um, if you ever are able to just start listening to a bunch of her music, you'll hear little bits and pieces of what she did in the 1920s and 1930s. In the music you grew up with and loved, you go, oh, wait a minute, that riff right there comes from a Bessie Smith uh, record. Bessie Smith, the Empress of the Blues. That is the gift I give to you today. Shirley's put it right up right now in the comments, and later on I'll copy it and put it in the title of this podcast. All you have to do to open up a magical door to a magical universe, a great sound, is click that link and then follow it along. And I think you'll be glad you did. All right. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to be back with you tomorrow, once again at 2 p.m., with more thrilling tales from yesteryear here on the Lone Ranger. Bye-bye, YouTubers.